first, that is probably one of the best questions I've ever been asked in my life. And as a, a host, hats off to you. So I got in a car accident last last year and um, it like tore open my face. I found this really great script. I would really love if you could just help me out and do this for me. Damn, mom, like you're really not here. Another exciting episode of the Dre and Smiley, the Inner Circle podcast, where we interview everyday people living extraordinary lives. I am super stoked to have on our podcast today, Danae Reed. Danae Reed is a New York City-based model and radio host that seeks to use her platform to uplift the community and cultivate a space for understanding and care. Between her work as a host and her job as a model, Danae has made strides in elevating marginalized voices and people through their ability, her ability to communicate both verbally and non-verbally. As a self-proclaimed visionary, she's constantly coming up with new ideas to further herself in her careers, which is how she came up with her new podcast, Damn Mom Really, to create a forum for people dealing with the grief that comes from losing a mother, a mother figure. DMR was released in January and it's already doing great things. For more information, please check out her Instagram at, at Danae Reed underscore. Danae, I want to thank you first and foremost because two things really hit me hard. Is one, I saw you on Instagram and I just sent you an invitation and you responded. I was like, ah, this model lady responded. So I was super stoked and super excited. So I want to thank you for that most and foremost. And then we're going to talk about your podcast. And, and you know, my mother moved to heaven in 2013. And, and, and I listened when I saw your podcast, I listened to three or four of your episodes already. And oh, wow. it's doing such a healing process. And, and, and my heart goes out to you and, and other your, your other podcast people. But I always tell them, one of my friends, her her mother passed in 2007 and 8, and we're talking about in 2012. And she's like, I've yet to grieve my mother. I've yet to, to do it. I was like, well, it, it was so long ago. What do you mean? Then when my mother transitioned to heaven, I, I feel the same way because I've yet to cry. I'm afraid that if I start crying, I won't stop. So I just haven't. But listening to your podcast has helped me deal with some of the the grief that that I know is going to come out eventually. And then I have a colleague, his mother, similar to your friend, your 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 girlfriend, his mother died six months before my mother. Wow. And I turned him on to your podcast. And it's so you're doing great things. And we're going to circle to that. But let's let's come back to what you how did you get started? I mean, how how did you become you? <laughs> so let's start there. That's a great question. It's always so interesting hearing people read your bio because it's like, wow, um, I wrote that about myself. And <laughs> I just got to sit here and listen to somebody else read it. And so that's always a funny moment for me. Um, thank you so much for all of that amazing. Um, I don't want to say praise because that feels like a little bit loaded, but thank you so much for the compliments in that regard. That means a lot. Um, how did I become me? That's a really great question because I don't know. Uh, I, you know, I had a, a, a great foundation 
Um, my parents, my family, we all have a really uh, tight-knit relationship, and my parents always really supported me doing what I wanted to do, and they kind of understood very early on that I was going to kind of do things my way or no way. Um, I can be very stubborn. I'm an Aries, so I, I guess, you know, people like to talk about astrology, and I think Aries are supposed to be stubborn, so I guess I fall into that. But, um, yeah, I was always kind of very much interested in doing things the way that I wanted to do it, and I knew that as a child, I knew I wanted to be a host. So, that, like, I remember being nine years old, coming home and telling my parents, like, I want to be the next Oprah Winfrey. I want to be, like, the black female Dr. Phil, and, and I kind of, like, always stuck with that, and so... I just knew communications was the thing. I thought I wanted to be a psychologist because I really like to talk about uh, what people are going through and kind of not trying to dig diagnose in like a clinical way. So uh, I guess more like a socio sociology, I guess, from a sociological standpoint, mm -hmm. um, uh, not necessarily like the science of the thing, but I've always enjoyed that sort of conversation and that uh I guess like giving advice sort of a component that comes with that. And so it kind of just made sense for me to be a host and I'm not good at like math or science or really anything sort of technical. So it's like, I can write and I can talk and I can have a conversation and I can make people feel comfortable. And I think that's just always kind of been in my nature. And so um, it's just kind of gone forth from that. And modeling was an accident. I was in radio in college and I figured modeling would be a great way to promote myself and, and network and get guests for my radio talk show in college. And before I knew it, I had a portfolio. And then like three months later, I was signed to an agency. And then a year later, I moved to New York. And now it's been almost four years. And I, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the, the, I feel like that was long, but that's like the short summation of how I became who I am. No, that's, that's great. And I was, um, cause of course, when, when I sent you the invitation and you responded, then I just wasn't stalking you, but I went to your YouTube, to all your Instagrams and, <laughs> and I saw some of your productions. I think you were the weather lady when you were at college and all your different things. And I just thought that was, you have a, a long. By the way, Smiley, most most stalkers say, I'm not a stalker, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But, uh, <laughs> but no, we don't. So when you, when you look at it, you mentioned that you're a visionary. So what other projects are you working on? Say, for example, you, you just embarked on the damn mom, really? Um, what other projects do you have or initiatives that you have on the social media space or any of those sort of public speaking? Is it going to be going to public speaking circuit at universities, colleges, to speak at corporate America events or what's that? And then I'll turn it over to Dre. Yeah. So with my podcast, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. Um, I came up with the idea within the span of like 10 minutes on the train one day. And then I was like, I'm going to do it. That's the type of person I am. And so um, it's just kind of growing by leaps and bounds in ways that I didn't expect. So I'm actually going to be speaking on a panel um, May 6th. Uh, to talk about my experience with grief. And I've kind of been invited to these different spaces to talk about it as well. Um, and so that's really my focus right now. I didn't understand or know grief that much, not in this way before I lost my mom. And so I've been learning a lot in the um, almost 11 months since she passed. And I'm so fascinated by it. It's I, I, I like I could talk about it all day, right? Um, and so because of that, I've learned a lot about the face of grief and like most things that center around healing and mental health, it's not black people, it's not black women. And so I definitely want to amplify 
that topic in our community specifically. I mean, I want to amplify it in general because across the board, people don't talk about it, but specifically for Black folks, it just seems like something um, that a lot of people aren't well-versed in discussing. And I think that, you know, we live in like a, a capitalist society. And so that and grief tend to not coincide. And so, you know, I'm trying to kind of dismantle those stereotypes and those, um, I, I guess, like, uh, just misinterpretations of what it is and, and what it takes to grieve. And so that's really my focus right now. But my mom um, has a nonprofit called Read Cares, where she, um, like, collects and donates nonprofit. Uh, I'm sorry, she collects and donates uh, non-perishable goods to college pantries and really highlights the the issue of food insecurity on college campuses and just in general. And so, um, you know, that's kind of died down a little bit since she passed, but we're talking about bringing that back up. I was appointed president of it, um, that that organization, uh, kind of unbeknownst to me, but it's all good. And so um, I I think, you know, I'm going to start kind of shifting and pivoting my focus towards that and you know again just being I'm very vulnerable and I'm very transparent with how I'm feeling all the time and I think that that really is my platform and my mission so I'm on this kind of mental health slash physical health journey right now that I really have been talking about so um that's kind of like where my focus is you know and I'm still modeling and I'm still hosting and I'm still doing all these things but I really think that in losing my mom and it it's kind of weird to say this but I figured out like what my purpose is it's like I had to understand the love so deep that I could change change or transform my pain into something um productive and provocative for I guess like the masses and I hate the idea of being some sort of like like I don't know. Um, I, I I don't like, I don't know the word that I'm trying to say, but I don't necessarily like positing myself as this person who had to go through this crazy tragedy in order to, you know, help other people. Cause I just hate the idea that I'm being used in a way that I didn't sign up for, but I guess that's what it is. So interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So tell me this, that a um, modeling, right? From the outside looking in, it seems like it's all glamor and glitz and fun and great money, et cetera, et cetera. Something that uh, we do in our family, whenever there's a person in the family that's had a, a new experience or maybe individually or as a group, we go around and each one shares the GBU of the experience, which is the good, the bad, and the ugly. As it relates to modeling, you mean the GBU? The good is that I get to meet so many amazing people from so many different backgrounds. I love meeting people and I love to talk. So I would say that that is definitely um, the greatest part of all of it. The bad is that although the money is good, most of the time, it doesn't come right away. So there's been times where I'm waiting for like a net 30, which means I won't get money, like I won't get paid for 30 days or 60 days, or I usually try not to sign anything that's 90 days, but you know, or 90 days. And so the money doesn't come right away, which is something people don't know. So yes, the money is great. But I mean, I did a job in October and the money hit my bank account like last month. So it's, that's the bad. And then the ugly is that it's really not as glamorous as people would think. I mean, it's great. Like, it's nice wearing really nice clothes and being pampered and all that stuff. But the ugly of it is, like, you really are just kind of a prop. And they do their best to, uh, I guess, work with you and be kind. But it's like there's no real 
in most things, if you're working for a campaign, like a, like a Sephora or something, um, there's no real freedom in that. It's like, you have to look how they want you to look. You have to pose how they want you to pose. They have your hair is how they want you to have it. You don't really have that much autonomy in that space if you're working for a brand. Um, so I would say that that's the ugly okay. of it. And then tell me this. Another question I have is, so that's an environment where, like you just mentioned, you're kind of a prop, right? And your value mm-hmm. is based purely on how well you present physically. How do you step out of that Mm -hmm. into what I would call the real world and just be an everyday person Mm. and leave that behind? Because I'm thinking if I were a model and I'm getting paid, I'm throwing out random numbers here, uh, $300,000 per shoot, right? And everyone that's hiring me and taking these photos, oh, you look great. You look good. Great. uh, You know, muscles, this and that. You, You know, you're incredible. No one else is like you. And then you have to come home, right, to the real world where you aren't pampered, you know, depending on how you dress, people don't care how you look. How do you process that? Is there some cognitive dissonance that goes on in terms of trying to keep the two worlds mm-hmm. separate and not get caught up in the 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 uh, the yeah. ego and all that? So I have two things to say before I answer that. First... That is probably one of the best questions I've ever been asked in my life. And as a, a host, hats off to you. <laughs> that's, that's such a great question. Yeah, yeah. Like I've never been asked that before. Secondly, if anybody wants to pay me $300,000 for a shoot and you're listening to this, please call my phone. <laughs> right. But to answer your question. Right, right. Um, or just reach out to me and Smiley and we'll connect you with her for a 10% finder's fee. <laughs> Absolutely, you guys can absolutely have heard of that. That's life changing money. But what I will say is, um, it's funny you asked me that because a, a couple. So I got in a car accident last last year, and um, it like tore open my face. And about a week or two before it happened, uh, I remember thinking like, "Wow, it's so crazy that I'm making this money and I'm loving the work that I do, but so much of it is contingent on how." beautiful I am or how, you know, beautiful somebody perceives me to be. And and then two weeks later, I have, you know, this accident and now I have the scar on my face for the rest of my life. But you guys, it's like really faint now. Um, But I I was kind of like, wow, it's crazy how quickly things can happen. And, um, and how when you're doing something that's so much contingent on your looks or your ability, um, you don't necessarily think about it in the moment, but it is worth thinking about because like I said, things can change. And so um, I, even in that though, like I never thought like I am not as beautiful as I was the day before. If anything, I'm like, now I have an edge. And so to answer your question, I think that my parents really set me up um, growing up to like really see the beauty in myself. And, and, you know, and obviously I, I'm a, a person and I have days where I'm feeling insecure and stuff, but I think a lot of that validation I have within myself, my mom really set that up very early on, like very early on. And so even the days where I'm like not feeling the greatest, I can still find something that I appreciate about myself or my face. But I think also too, one of the biggest things for me when I see people uh, around like family members or family friends, the first thing they say to me is that they are so proud of me. And I have a really weird reaction to that because 
you know, they're talking about the work that I do. They're talking about the modeling that I do. And it's like, okay, thank you for the congratulations, but you don't know what type of person I am. I could be a terrible person and you're congratulating me based off of what you see, based off of what you perceive in looks. And so I always go within myself and make sure that I feel good about myself, regardless of how I look. If I feel good about myself, I feel like that's enough. And, you know, on top of that, I do feel like I I am beautiful and I, I know that I am kind and I know, you know, that I'm a work in progress. And I think for me, like, you know, knowing myself and just being good and being a, a good person or striving my best to be a good person, I think means more to me than looks. So um, when I come home from a set and it's not, I'm not getting pampered and I'm not, you know, it's not people in my face telling me I'm beautiful all day. I find that validation within myself because one, that, like I said, that foundation was laid, but two, it means more to me that I'm being a good person, that I'm taking care of my health, that I'm taking care of myself mentally. And when I do those things, I feel beautiful all the time. So, you know, that, uh, quite frankly, I get tired of people in my face with a camera and telling me I look beautiful and telling me all this and touching me and lotioning me. Like sometimes I really do just enjoy being home and just being like, I don't know, in my sweats and reading a book and like my hair is tied up. So, um, I know that's a really long way to answer your question a great question like I said but yeah I think um I don't know I just I don't really need that outside approval to feel good about myself and even when I do you know I it still matters how I feel about myself more and losing my mom the person who would validate me more than anything in the world has forced me to learn how to really find that within myself. And so it's like, if it doesn't come from my mom, I don't really care, you know, like if it's, if, so I had to be able to find that within myself and I, I'm, you know, I have, um, it's still like a journey, you know, like I said, I'm human and every day is not perfect, but I'm, I'm pretty solid. It sounds yeah. like it. Well, one, one takeaway and I'll pass it over to Smiley here is that your parents, your family, your circle, your village did a great job with you in terms of, the accident that you experienced based on what you described could have left you feeling dejected. Life is over. Mm -hmm. What do I do now? But what I'm hearing from you is that what you, what was instilled in you by your support, your, your support system, again, family, close friends, et cetera, is that you are the person today that you were yesterday that you're going to be tomorrow right? All that comes from within, mm -hmm. you know, the beauty that you have isn't mm -hmm. defined by these jobs you have or don't have a car accident or not. You're the same person you were yesterday. So that, that, that kind of is, is what, what I was able to draw from that. So I appreciate you sharing that story. Smiley. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I want to echo and supplement what Dre said, because when once again, I, I saw you on Instagram. I'm like, oh, she's beautiful. And let me see if she'll be on the podcast. But then as I looked at it, pulled back your layers, it wasn't an onion. It was like a beautiful flower because I'm like, she has a podcast. Oh, she does this. Oh, she does that. Oh, she has a podcast that can be therapeutic for me. And I'm 56. And then I have my friend, he's 55. And I said, listen to her. And and it, you're you're providing so much wisdom with your message and your platform. And and before I dive into the details of the podcast, because I shared a story with your grandmother with Andre, but it's genius that you have that little therapeutic last five minutes with the lady giving you a little breathing. How did that come about, or how was it? Was that your idea, or were you speaking with someone? Because I. I 
not to say, I mean, after you you deal with such a heavy conversation, I'm like, why am I going to sit here and listen to this? And then I find that every podcast, I sit and listen to the every five minutes of that lady doing a little breathing and decompression. So how did you come up with that idea for your podcast? Yeah, thank you for that. Because somebody actually recently told me I didn't need it. And I was like, I think I like it, though. And so you, I feel like that was confirmation that I needed to keep it. But um, I, I remember talking to my therapist, because I'm in therapy. I remember talking to my therapist about, you know, the subject matter. And, um, and you know, we talked about how it was a great idea, um, but the, how that it could be a really potentially heavy topic. And so, you know, it might be nice to just kind of... Uh, just think about that. And so I was like, okay, you know, I, I don't want the podcast to be heavy in a negative way. I want it to be enlightening. I want it to be inspirational. I want it to be laughter and maybe some tears and, you know, just, just real and, and raw emotion. Um, but so, because like I said, I'm on my own sort of mental health journey. Me and my brother have this thing where every month we like challenge ourselves to do something new. And one month it was to meditate for 10 minutes a day. And so I still do it. I, I do it in the morning and in the evening now. And it's been really great for me mentally. Um, and, and so, yeah, I was like, okay, well, if the episodes are potentially triggering for anybody, even though I don't structure them that way, if it is potentially triggering because they relate to the loss or, you know, whatever the case may be, I want them to be able to have some minutes to kind of like cool down. And I also related it to my experience with working out, right? When you work out, you have a, you tend to have a cool down at the end. And I think that therapy is kind of the same or mental work is kind of the same. You know, you do this mental work and then at the end, why not just have a cool down? And if you want to listen to it, that's great. And if you don't, you don't have to, but uh, I reached out to one of my friends and I was like, you have a great voice. I found this really great script. I would really love if you could just help me out and do this for me. Um, and so that's kind of how that came about. And it's been really, really great, like I said, for my listeners, but also for myself. It's genius. I mean, I mean, don't change it. I was, I thought it was so cleverly uh, inserted and it's appropriate. It's applicable. And, and I guess not to get personal, but when you have your various podcasts and, and I, like I said, I listened to about four of them. Mm -hmm. What when I told Dre about what you're doing, and I your inaugural one sat with me that I listened to it twice. And oh, your wow. grandmother is amazing. I just feel like I know her. I feel like I just want to give her a hug. She was, and she felt like I've come from Pittsburgh, and we have a I grew up in a Holiday AME Zion Memorial. Uh, church, church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And she just reminded me of the old grandmother there. And I just wanted to listen to her and, and her stories. But when she told you about the auntie and the funeral and the passing, were you aware of those family stories? Or are you learning, finding through this quest, that quest, through this experience, you're learning more about your immediate family that you didn't know? Or was that surprising to you? I had no idea. I, and, and it's funny because I talk to my grandmother a lot. I'm really big on conversation and knowing family history as much as possible. I think it's really important to me because that stuff sort of resides in you as well. You know, some of your anxieties don't necessarily come from you, but it comes from generations of trauma. And, you know, and so it was really important for me um, throughout my life to really understand and, and know the people who are in my life. And so I was very taken aback by that story because I had no idea that that had happened. Um, but I'm really glad glad that you um, that you in, in enjoyed that episode 
because it was very strategically done. So everything that I do is very strategic from, like I said, the, uh, the meditation to the name of my podcast, the acronym DMR is my mom's name to the logo. Like there's so many sort of intrinsically me things that reside in that. And so my grandmother, I knew that that was going to be my first episode because um, she's my mom's mom. And I knew that she had lost her mom. Um, you know, she's in her seventies. And so her mom passed a while ago and I dropped that on her birthday. Um, cause I wanted to, wanted it to be really special. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've been learning a lot about my family through this process and I can't wait to have more of my relatives on. So I, I do have a follow-up for you. So, uh, the name of the podcast, um, uh, you mentioned is the, the, the first letters, I'm sorry, the initials of your mother's name, right? The actual name of the podcast is yeah. mm-hmm. Damn Mom Really. So there's a couple of different ways mm-hmm. I could interpret that, Damn Mom Really. But tell me what you're saying when you mm-hmm. um, when you when you came up with that name. What are you saying? Yeah. Um, so like I was telling you guys earlier, Damn Mom Really kind of came about kind of by happenstance, I was on the train, I was reading, I was like, maybe I should start a podcast. And then I was like, okay, I could call it damn mom, because my mom go by, went by um, Danette Michelle. And then I'm like, well, our last name is Reed. So I'm like, okay, DMR. And, and it just came to me like this. It was like, damn mom, really? And I think it was very much like a damn mom, like, you're really not here. Uh... Damn mom, you're really not going to be around for the things that are still to come. Ooh. Damn mom, like you really left me. Like, Ooh. damn mom, you're really gone. Like kind of all of those things. And I think a lot of questions reside in that. And so um the the way that I structure my podcast is that all of the episodes are kind of titled as a question and they all have damn, they all have mom in it. Ooh. And they're questions that I've asked myself, like, damn mom, who do I go to now? Like da- like really? Like for real, you really like are just gone like that? Because mm. my mom passed in a very sudden way. It was like she was here one second and then she wasn't. Um, So, you know, I have my own trauma with that. Yeah. But it was kind of like, really? And my mom used to say that all the time. Like, she used to be like, really? That's what you got? Yeah. Like, if somebody said something yeah. off the wall, she'd be like, really? That's what right. you got? And so it kind of, I don't know. It was such like a synchronous moment. I don't know how to explain it. And I have, you know my things with God right now, I'm very kind of detached, but I definitely think that that was God for sure. What's interesting is how quickly you said it all came about. You decided I'm going to have a podcast. Mm-hmm. This is on a train ride. You decided the name of the podcast, etc. Um, which is just great. It shows that, that you take action. You recognize what you want to do, take action. That's, that's wonderful. That's incredible. Um, for us, the podcast that we have, the focus, as Smiley mentioned at the top, is speaking with people that are everyday people living extraordinary lives. So how would you, who's the target mm-hmm. audience f- for the, your podcast and who do you typically have on the podcast? Yeah, as far as target audience, I want to target everybody. I think that, you know, everybody, regardless of whether you lost your mom or not, or mother figure or whatever, or estranged, I think that everybody kind of knows grief. And the older you get, the more you know it, the more it's in your face. And so I think I'm really targeting 
everybody. Um, it's not just people who have lost their mothers. I want to talk to everybody. I'm not focusing on a certain demographic, although I do have most of my listeners are between the ages of like uh, 25 and 45, I think. Um, I check the analytics pretty often. So, you know, about that age where people are really kind of newer in their grief, if especially if they've lost their mom or a parent or something like that. Because um, I'm, you know, in an age group now where people are really actually starting to lose their parents. Um, I'm 27, which feels so young, but I, yeah, I guess that's life. Um, but as far as guests, I want to have literally anybody on my show who can have a conversation um, because all of the conversations I have are so different. And so the focus is people who have lost their mothers um, through, I say, death, estrangement, because I've had somebody who's been estranged from their mother on the show. And uh, I've, I'm having somebody soon who's been adopted. And so we're going to talk about it from that angle. So my targeted guests are people who relate to my loss in that way, but I am going to have specialty episodes and I actually taped my first one that's coming out soon. She lost her son. Um, he was murdered. And so I'll have that. And uh, in a few weeks, I'll have um, somebody else on who um, she's kind of talking about grieving her dog and like how that affected her and just people talking about different types of grief in general. And so I wanted to make it a space that feels very sacred to me and specific to the loss that I've encountered. But I also wanted to open it up as well um, to other people. So every 13th episode is going to be a different type of grief that does not relate to um, a mother. And the reason I chose 13 is because my mom, like I said, is a Delta and her line number was 13. And so every 13th episode, it's going to be something a little different. Wow. Well, you know what? I am. Um, I volunteer whenever you're ready. I will share my my story on your podcast and and i was talking to my buddy because i i felt like when every story that you talked about even the the person who was whose mother he lives in philadelphia now and he felt like he didn't get a chance to get back to his mom because as he came into his money that's when she she was a teacher and she died suddenly and i just every story i felt a piece of some part of me and i was like i i felt like i knew that person or experience the same sort of thing so i will say whenever you're ready i will share on your podcast and and my mutual friend and we're i'm 56 so but you know it, once again it, it's a journey i i think it's because it's i'm afraid to grieve because you never know like what's on the other side of it but eventually it's going to happen but so I'll, I'll volunteer to speak on your show but from so whenever you want me just let me know but tell me this, so from this particular, you said you're a writer, you're a model, you're the arts person. Have you thought about writing a book about this? Or are you still, and the reason why I say that is, Dre and I, we're old people, but when I see young people, they're all social media. They, my, my daughter, she's 15 now, and she came into my office a couple of weeks, she was like maybe seven. And she's like, dad, what do you have these for? And I was like, my books? I was like, cause I read, she's like, why don't you have it on your computer? Why do you why do you read these books? And young people do everything online and their cell phones and their tablets. So would you are you looking at the traditional legacy writing a book of anything about your experiences or is it more social media focused because that's part of your generation? Yeah, I would love to write a book. I would love to have a New York Times bestseller. <laughs> I just really need to 
kind of figure it out and, and, and do it. Um, my mom had, uh, she's an author as well. She wrote two books on her own. And so a lot of people have told me that I should continue that sort of legacy on and, and add to that. And so I would like to ideally, um, initially, you know, like I was telling you guys about my whole thing on the train where I came up with the podcast in the first place, I was actually reading a book by a woman um, who started out blogging, um, and then she turned it into a book. And so um, at first, I was like, Oh, maybe I'll take the same path. And then I was like, But wait, I have a radio show. So why not just turn it into a podcast? So actually, this started out the podcast idea started out with like, a, a literally the briefest second thinking like, okay, I can start a blog and then turn it into a book. Um, but I think I'm going to do it in reverse. So it's going to start out as a podcast and hopefully I would like to turn it into a book someday. I think that the story is really interesting. Um, my relationship with my mom is really interesting. I haven't seen anything, um, like it. We're so, so, so close. Like I feel like she's like literally a part of my body. Um, but yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think eventually in time, I would like to write a book about my experience and what happened and how it happened and what happened after. I think that um, I'm really spiritual in the sense that I feel very connected to her and I, I guess just God in general. And so some of the experiences that I've had after are really supernatural. And I, I would love to share that on a big, a bigger scale. I, I, when I was, once again, I, when I found you, I, I keep going back to the Instagram because I was like, Dre, I found this model and she said yes. And, and then as, as we dug into our research, I'm like, man, look at, she's doing this and that. But what is, what is so I would say your your topic is perpetual because from the beginning of time, it, I mean, it's timeless. There's there's no one yeah. that hasn't experienced or will not experience this particular event in their existence. And, and, and grief is something that we all are going to suffer or endure, whether it's a loved one, a sibling, a son, a mother, a father, grandparent. And, and so your your topic is so universally present that it's ubiquitous in the sense that everyone experiences it a different way. And I just look at it. If, if I were to take your podcast topic and say you, the beauty of a quilt is every pattern is different, but it's sewn together. You have a 7 billion oh. piece quilt because there's 7 billion people on the planet. Everyone will have a different experience and there's no right or wrong. It's just a different experience in the whole mosaic becomes beautiful when you collect it all together. And that's what you're doing. You're harvesting all these mosaic pieces, which I just think is phenomenal. So before we get into final four. I wish I was just going to say, I wish I could like bottle these words up and like just keep it on my shelf every time. I'm like, I don't feel like doing it today. If you ever feel discouraged, if you ever feel discouraged, just pull out this episode and listen to it over and over again. Yeah, Because a lot of times, I, a lot of people, they don't realize that they're light. We had a guy on our podcast and it was yesterday and he said, young people were coming up to him and he didn't realize the impact he was having because people were watching him and he didn't even know they were watching him. And like your light, your light, yeah. someone in Zimbabwe may listen to your story, your podcast, and it'll help them understand what's happened with their loved ones that just moved on. So your light spread far and wide. So don't ever think that it's not being received by someone somewhere. So thank you. Yeah. One quick question. Then we'll kick off the final four here. So 
Danae, tell me, as you think back, what's one thing most people don't know about you that you wish they knew? So if you look at me, I'm very tiny. I'm a very small woman. Um, I'm probably like five two, five one and a half, and barely, you know, like maybe sniffing at one ten. So I'm very tiny, <laughs> right? So you see me, and you're like, oh, she's just this very cute, quaint. No, I'm like not one to mess with. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that's that's what I would like for people to know about me. Stop trying me. Just because I'm small, you know, doesn't mean. Can't go eye to eye. I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of people think that who don't know me think that I'm shy and that I'm quaint and that I'm quiet. And it's just like you could just say whatever to me or treat me however. Um, and it doesn't happen often, but it happens enough. I'm just like, all right, I warned you. So I think that for me, that would be um, the biggest thing. And then also, sorry, I know you asked no, me no, one thing, but good. I'm going to get one more because I'm an overachiever. Um, I think that sometimes people see my life and they think that it's very ideal. Like, it's like, she's a model. She is living in New York and she has this and this and this and this, and they have this perception of me. That's just not what I am. So, um, I can be very feisty, but I, I'm also very like funny and I have a lot of personality and I'm not just like very stuck up. And I, I really don't talk about my modeling work that much because I don't want it to define me. I don't want people to think that it defines me and I don't want to kind of allow it to. And so, you know, like, yes, I've done the campaigns and I am living the life and doing all of these things, but I'm just very much regular. Like I'm an everyday person and I don't always like how I look. You know, I don't always like the shoots that come out and it's not picture perfect. As much as I felt like I used to want people to think that it's important for me now that people know that that's not what it is. I love that. So, so what I took from that is that you're a multifaceted human being. You're like, you're like every other person that's out mm -hmm. there. You have good days, bad days. But the, the one thing to remember is don't try me. <laughs> is that the thing? Don't, like, don't try me. <laughs> I'm curious. I'll kick over to Smiley here. I'm yeah. curious. Do you have any Caribbean in your background? Not that okay. I know okay. of. I was just Not curious because yeah. your your presence <laughs> comes across as uh, someone who has uh, some Caribbean. I might. I might my, my grandfather is from Pittsburgh, and his name is Johnny Reed, R-E-I-D. And I don't know if you have any. When you speak with your grandma, I asked her if there was any family members in Pittsburgh because we may be related. Cause Could be his cousins. Last name is R yeah, we might be. He was the R E I D as well. So uh but his name was Johnny Reed and he was from Blacksburg, South Carolina, and he moved up to Pittsburgh during the thirties to work in the steel mill. So but awesome. Okay. I will ask her. I Definitely ask her because I'm originally from Pennsylvania. There, so, it, is. there it is. There it is. You guys have got to be cousins. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Well, with the final four, so we ask all of our podcast guests these final four, and and it's just so we get understanding. But I'll ask two. Dre will ask two. And the first one is you're having dinner. There's four chairs at the table. You're in one chair. The other three, alive or dead, who would you want to have dinner with and why? Other three at your table. Definitely my mom. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because I'm like, if my mom's at the table, I don't really care about nobody else who's at the table. <laughs> but That's fair. I guess, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I would say I would love, and this, 
I'm a, from a family of four. It's me, my mom, my dad, and my brother. So easy, easy answer. I would have me, my mom, my dad, and my brother. I wish, you know, I could have one more. And we weren't one of those families who did, you know, dinner every night, dinner every Sunday. We sat down, the four of us, every New Year's. That was like the only time that it was really the four of us sitting at this dining room table. And I would, I would love to do that one more time because this past uh, New Year's was very different without her there. So I would definitely love to fill those seats with my mom, my dad, and my Great. brother. Awesome. What's been your greatest success? Mm-hmm. Your greatest success. Everything's so rooted to my mom. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, when my mom passed, I had no regrets. Like there wasn't anything that I felt like I should have said that I didn't, that I wish I would have did with her that I didn't. Obviously there's things that haven't happened yet, you know, and it's like, okay, I'm going to miss, I I missed the opportunities that we never got, but our relationship was phenomenal. It was superb. It was, like I said, nothing like nothing I've ever seen. And I think that for me, the biggest success in my life is my mom knew without a doubt how much I loved her. Like, and I knew the same from her and our relationship couldn't have been better. Like I couldn't have loved her more and showed her more. And I think that for me, no matter where my career goes, no matter how big I get, no matter the shoots that I shoot, anything, that's always going to be my biggest success. Awesome. And here's one. What is your greatest superpower? Superman can fly. The flash goes really fast. Wonder Woman has an invisible jet and a troop lasso. What is the nay superpower? Something that's uniquely you that no one else has that's your greatest superpower? My commitment to vulnerability is very intense. Mm-hmm. Like, I am very honest about my feelings. I speak my feelings exactly how I'm feeling them in the moment, very unapologetically. And I think that that's why my podcast is as successful as it has been. And I think that's kind of why mentally I'm where I am now because I do have the ability to talk about my feelings in depth and I don't really care who's listening and I'll cry in public and I don't care. And I'll say, if I feel like I want to, I don't know, jump off a building that day, I won't. But if I, if I feel that way, I'm going to tell somebody, you know, like I'm going to be very open and honest about it. And not that I don't care about how people feel about it in a selfish way, but it's like, I really don't care how you feel about what I'm saying because I need to get it out for my sanity. So I think that vulnerability slash putting myself first, being able to put myself first is definitely my superpower for sure. Great. Great. So if you were to write an autobiography, what would the title be? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I don't know why. The first thing that came into my mind was the butterfly effect. Mm. Why is that? Yeah. Um, because life and I mean, the butterfly effect essentially says that, you know, any little thing you do affects the rest of the world, Mm. affects the timeline of everything else. And, um, I, that's something that I've always kind of been fascinated by. Like the, the little things, like I walk, left and that changes the complete course of my life right Mm. or I you know and I think that my life is an example of that and also my mom's like spirit animal is a butterfly and so Mm. it just kind of feels very it felt very like together cohesive so you know I might actually use that the butterfly effect Mm. and then it works kind of like a double entendre because I'm like oh my mom is like a butterfly yeah 
the butterfly like effect. It. Y'all heard it first. When I come out from New York Times, I'm going to shout y'all out in acknowledgement for asking me that question. Well, I, when you mentioned the butterfly, my daughter in her room is on the other side. Her bathroom has all these butterflies everywhere. And I'm in her mother's office, and of course, she has elephants everywhere. I was like, she doesn't have any butterflies in here. Everything is elephant, elephant, yeah. elephant. But I think that might be her yeah. spirit animal, too, is the uh, the butterfly, my daughter, because she loves butterflies with everything. And from a little baby, she's just been intrigued and in love with butterflies. But, Danae, I want to thank you for so many levels. The first level I want to thank you is for responding to us, to me. The second level is the great work that you're doing that's just uh, touching so many. And three is just for being here, just for being present on our podcast. I really appreciate you and thank you a lot, uh, Dre. Yeah, just to echo what Smiley said, Danae, um, I, I appreciate you being vulnerable on this podcast with us. You know, it's I, I, I can only imagine, actually, I can't imagine how tough it is to have been through some of the things that you've gone through, but you appear to be resilient. You appear to be still living your best life. And um, it doesn't come without its challenges, which you've shared here, which, you know, you mentioned that you're in therapy, make yourself a better person, et cetera. Um, I'm sure our, our listeners are going to listen to this podcast and realize, yeah, things aren't as bad as I think they are. And uh, I too can make it through. So appreciate you sharing your story with us. Yes, thank you guys so much for having me. This has been so special. As an interviewer, nobody ever I like asked me questions ever at all. So I appreciate being on the other side of things. And I'm just so grateful that you guys allowed me the space to talk about myself and my mom and my podcast. And I can't wait to continue to check out you guys' episodes. 